Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite meatheads, a.k.a. the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined as always, Hello. the Bill to my Ted, Chad Sowash. And today, top-selling author, we welcome Katrina Collier. She wrote a book called The Robot Proof Recruiter. She's based in London. That's UK, not Ontario or Kentucky. She is a well-loved global keynote speaker. That's her LinkedIn profile, not just me saying she's well-loved. And the host of the Hiring Partner Perspective podcast. And she's also a proud Gen Xer and Gemini, I might add. And my twin. She's my twin. You you forgot that. Yeah, she's my twin. She's your Southern Hemisphere female twin. May 27th, (laughs) 1971. Technically, I think I'm a few hours older. (laughs) Yeah, just a few hours. Yeah, yeah. you just get that date away. You're you're both older than me, so fuck off. (laughs) But we both are dead sexy. You are yeah. that sexy. Exactly. That's all that matters. Sexy. Yes, yes, yes. Katrina, it's been a minute. Yeah. It has. I need to update my bio. You missed some stuff out. What, what did we <laughs> miss? Yes. Please add some more shit. Well, the main stuff I do, I run design thinking workshops with companies to help them sort out their recruitment processes and candidate experience. Mm-hmm. And I've just launched the collective. In fact, the first one was just you know, just gone by, oh. uh, which is a coaching and mentoring space for recruiters because I just feel like there's just too much stress and burnout in that space. And so, all this is under Katrina Collier Limited, right? Yeah, just Katrina so Collier. Like I could say yeah. CEO of Katrina Collier Limited, but that seems like that doesn't really mm. paint the whole thing. Seems picture. a bit dull, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not dull, but I'm CEO nobody knows of my company of me. If I said head of TA at Microsoft, you know, I wouldn't need to say anything else, yeah. but you're much more complex than that. I am complicated. She is pretty fucking complicated. I said yes. complex, not complicated. Don't put words in my mouth, Katrina. That's Chad's job. I think it's the joy. <laughs> but don't you think it's the joy of working for yourself? You can like, oh, well, I'm over here doing this, but then I also do this and I also do this. And I, I think I speak for all of us when I say we couldn't go back. No. We're fortunate that we don't have to, but. I'm not sure how many companies have noticed how many Gen X have left the workforce for that reason. No one gives a shit about us. Like no one. They well, don't. notice yeah, when no. the boomers retire. <laughs> They've got yeah. no leaders. Then it'll just be millennials will take over and we'll just, yeah. we'll be in, we'll be in Portugal and wherever you guys are uh, hanging out. Watching yeah. The I'm world pretty burn. excited that Chad's sorting me for Portugal. Like, yeah, of course, you know, I've got to. Yes. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's family. It's family. So, okay, let's jump into this book thing that you did. So yeah. what, what prompted a second edition of the Robot Proof Recruiter? When, when did the first one come out first off? So the first one came out on the 3rd of August. Uh, oh, God, I almost said my dad's date of birth because it came out on his 90th birthday. <laughs> um, 2019. So, of 2019. course. Pandi- yeah, three years ago. Yeah, so the ah. pandemic changed a lot, of course. Okay. Um, so I was concerned. I was reading bits of it going, that's actually really funny, like the bit about flexible working. You know, thank God it was only a small <laughs> bit, but it was sort of making me laugh. But the only reason that Kogan Page, the editor, would have come back to me and asked me is if people oh, – is because people bought the book. So I cannot thank everybody, like, enough, all of the readers, for getting behind it and buying mm-hmm. so many copies. I'll do, oh, yeah. I'll do that for you, Katrina. That's Thank you. And you even saw, I mean, you you saw the book in like airports all over the fucking world, right? 
I saw it in via somebody else in one airport. Well, see, that's good enough. <laughs> Kogan Page, do not put recruitment books in the airport, which actually I do find a little more irritating, but they don't, sadly. I, I, but I have been, I've been sent photographs of it on six continents, which See? is like a little bit mind-blowing because when you write a book, they don't tell you this stuff. Like they don't tell you what yeah. it's like when Keen, for example, this company called Keen bought 100 copies and I walked into a room and there they were on all the chairs ready for the attendees at this event. They don't nice. tell you what that feel like. And the fact is I donated my royalties to Hope for Justice Charity. So every purchase, thank you. <laughs> my head is exploding here with all this clapping. Um, but every, every purchase makes so- I told you I was a nice guy. Dream on, Joel. For anybody who doesn't understand that Australian women don't like Joel, I, I, I don't understand, <laughs> but I, I speak for all 25 million Australian citizens. <laughs> I, would, I, I would probably broaden that up more than Australia, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, that I, I think some of the reason I was able to like talk about the book so much was because I donated my royalties. And then, of course, people got behind it. And, and seeing, I think what I really love it is when I see a head of talent or a director of buy it for the entire team. And mm-hmm. then you really feel like you're creating some amazing impact. But, yeah, so back they came. So the first thing I thought was I need somebody to write the foreword and I thought I'm going to get my most favourite podcaster to write <laughs> the foreword um, without realising how much that would sort of make him think I was joking. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I thought you were joking. When you actually came to me, I'm like, yeah, I had a podcaster – Writing a forward, yeah, no. Well, I was thinking you know a little bit about HR tech. That's why I was a little bit, a little bit, which is probably what threw you off with my forward because I really didn't focus on the tech as much as as the story. And and to be quite frank, when it comes to not just tech today, but again the landscape as we talk about COVID. <laughs> As three Gen Xers here, we mm. remember before the internet actually came and then our first experiences with mm. the internet, with technology, and then the changes, yeah. the obstacles, those the types impacts. of things. Yeah, many of the recruiters today, they don't even realize mm. the obstacles that that were even created prior that exist today and why they do. So yeah. after reading the book in the first place, it was, I think, was great just to kind of throw things back and to try to help people to understand. And then this is how evolution happens. Well, and it is funny because, you know, originally the title, The Robot Proof Recruiter, came from my sheer frustration that HR tech vendors were saying, oh, we can replace recruiters. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, dream on. But, (laughs) you know, when Edition 2 came out, I was then having an argument about the word transparency. So I've written the noise and transparency created by the internet makes it harder to recruit the right people. And that's all I ever talk about is this we're lucky. We remember what it was like before. We know how to communicate without the yeah. noise. And yeah. certainly the transparency is the fact that you can see all of those reviews. You can see all of those jobs. And we remember what it was like when you couldn't. I miss my pre-internet brain. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I can't focus for shit. I can't watch TV without staring at my phone. It's like, what on earth are you doing? You put it upstairs on the charger. <laughs> that is my That is my, my, my way of doing it. Okay, you put it in the other room with the charger. <laughs> I've, moved, I've moved house. I don't have an upstairs. It's very, oh, actually, I do, but it's not mine. <laughs> Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. 
As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. So if somebody read the first edition, why would mm. they pick up the second? Well, when it's had a pandemic overhaul and obviously has a brilliant foreword written up by the <laughs> um, but- <laughs> guy who says writing what? is dead, wrote your forward. That's really brilliant. It's, uh, of course I did. It's about 25, 30% different. So of course the theme is the same, but I have... It's given an update. All the tech, I know all the tech is working because it was amazing how much disappeared. Um, There Mm -hmm. are new examples and case studies. Some of the things that have come out that weren't around, but believe it or not, just three years ago, things like pronouns. Um, So that's included in there. Hmm. One thing I found really interesting was how much more audacious people have become full stop. So there are more reviews than I've ever seen before. And I, you know, I know a lot of people out there think they don't count, but I still think they deter people from you know, it's wanting to work at your company. But there's an example in there from someone who was working at a job board that pretty well everyone in the world knows about, and they were homophobic. And he has written two articles right there on LinkedIn for the world to see about it. And it's like that audacity to do that. Are you going to name names or dance around this? Like what? I'm going to dance around it. This is the Chad and Cheese podcast, (laughs) Katrina. Yeah, I'm going to dance around it. No. You obviously need to purchase a copy, which is being released in the US on the 30th. Um, (laughs) Then you can read about it. But it was more about the fact that people are quite happy to do that. And they're not concerned about the knock-on impact to their careers. And I Mm -hmm. think that's hugely different to when we as Gen Xers started out, where it was you know, get a job for life, never change jobs without another one. Rah, rah. But we could not go to the internet and look for another job. We couldn't just see that there were so many, you know, recruited jobs. Pod- podcast, we couldn't have podcast. What's a podcast? Didn't exist. I'm a little confused, which is not uncommon on this show, Katrina, but you, you mm. went into saying like COVID has changed recruiting and I get the the pronouns, but I don't get the other part of it. The, no, sorry. The I mean, did, the, you, did you trail off on that or can we get back to how COVID changed? Probably. Okay. I probably trailed off. Um, <laughs> anything's possible. Remember, it's late in the day here in the UK. Um, more <laughs> She's that, had a few drinks. She's had four pints. I have not had a few drinks. Um, <laughs> more in the respect of... The things that I, t- I talked about now just don't matter. You know, it was like you have to go and convince your leadership that flexible working is the way forward because that's what candidates are wanting. Now it's like, yeah, that doesn't really count. It's more like don't try and pull people back into the office rather than go and convince them. We know it works. We've seen it work. We've seen all the knowledge workers have to work from home and done just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more around that rather than what was in there before. So technology is important in that world. In the promo of the book, it says that you'll teach how to recruit without an online presence. Can Mm -hmm. you go on about that and what you meant? And like no social media, online presence, no LinkedIn. Like what are you talking about? uh, It's in that respect. It kind of works both ways. You can either have too much and you've got a really bad reputation or you don't have any. And people are like, oh, gosh, who are you? You know, you're a startup. You haven't got any presence. You're competing against the big boys. So, it's so the a, company, not the person. Yes. I talk about both, to be fair. Chapter two is all about like looking worthy of someone's time. So that's very much about the individual. And actually, I go into the hiring managers as well. And, uh, you know, about I feel like there's this problem. We 
there's so much focus on the sourcing and the messaging to that person and not enough on, okay, you've got my attention. And I look at you and go, I don't want to talk to Joel Cheeseman. He doesn't look approachable to me. There's no information on his profile. <laughs> there's no rich media. There's no, there's nothing about the company. Who is this person? Like, I don't trust them. And it's about the fact that people will do that. People with skills that are in demand will take the time if they're interested to oh, look at sure. you. And mm-hmm. so it's about bit that. And then it's the company side. Like just look, if you can have an employer branding person and spend a lot of money, that's fantastic. But if you're a small company, you can't do that. But you can share blogs and podcasts and videos and just some something to give people an insight into who you are as a company and who you are as the individual trying to get their attention. So they have to have something, not just nothing. Yeah, nothing. So do you think transparency is a much larger discussion today than it was pre-COVID? Mm-hmm. Mm. I just feel that all of the people who hadn't got on the internet because they didn't have to and then suddenly they had to, Mm -hmm. like you've now got to use technology to work, became more confident using it and therefore became more confident, if you will, complaining (laughs) about a bad experience they've had. And that has created more information on the internet. So more transparency, more stuff for people to see. That's what I feel happened. I certainly noticed that the reviews increased dramatically in 2020. I mean, obviously there are a lot of disgruntled people out there. (laughs) There were a lot more. There was a lot more willingness to just go and say it how it is. Um, but and I don't I don't just mean on you know the sites we think about. There's also like recruiting hell on Reddit, which I give full credit to Steve Levy for pointing that one out at me, is mm-hmm. hilarious and also heartbreaking at the same time. Yes. So people will go to sites like that and vent, and they'll name companies quite happily. It, it's not new, and that's the thing. It's, it's mm. it, I just think that people are just more comfortable, and that it's not a faux pas anymore. Yeah, there's no fear. There's no oh gosh, if I do this, I'll never get another job. It's going to follow me around. It, there's none of that anymore. TikTok, people, you know, yeah. <laughs> flaming their employer on TikTok. Yeah. Is anonymity dead? Oh, that's a big question. Maybe just for certain generations. Because I feel like young people really don't give a shit. It's a bit sad, really. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I don't know. It's kind of empowering. I mean, we were talking before we came on about sort of, you know, my childhood and how damaging that was. And I was pretty messed up in my 20s and 30s. I'd hate to think of that being on the internet. Yeah. I'm really glad that my oh, that's interesting. fucked up years are not, oh, am I allowed to swear on this thing? But anyway, I'm glad they're not there as a record. That's what I was meaning by it. Sad. I, I feel, you know, when I have been coaching recruiters, I'm forever saying, you know, if you want to use an Instagram, for example, like share your photos of yourself and your dog photos and fine, but please protect your children. Don't, you know, have a private account. Like if, but if we had all grown up with social media and we all just like, yeah. oh yeah, I was, yeah, I was 30 years ago, whatever. Like what, mm. if we all, if we all came up with it, would it be as big a deal 20, 30 years from now? No. Hello. If you've got a be. name like mine where you Google it and it's like, there's very few Katrina Colliers in the world. It's, yeah. it's going to follow me around if I'm suddenly a TikTok, you know, on TikTok doing something I shouldn't. Yeah, so, but but I think I think there's this this feeling of kind of numbness to to some extent, mm-hmm. uh, and to think that you do something in your 20s and it's going to follow you around, and when you're 50 you just can't get that job, or you're 40 or 30 can't get that job. I don't know. I think it all comes down to the need, and mm-hmm. a lot of people are just going to overlook that kind of shit because it's like, yeah. look, if they can do the job and they can knock it out, I don't give a shit what they do on TikTok. Just don't become prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a Finland. She should dance all day. 
I guess you're also expecting HR and hiring managers and recruiters even to not be biased. You're also talking in our little bubble of we don't work in a company that we wouldn't we wouldn't care. Like we'd actually probably be like, I want to actually have the that prime minister as my best mate. You know, we're yeah. very different. We're much more liberal and, and open-minded. But unfortunately, I, I see it. There's a particular HR group on Facebook, which I just absolutely adore when I just need feel the need to remember why I do what I do. And mm-hmm. you, you see the stuff in there, the reasons that they want to rule someone out. And you're just like, really? Really? Have you not just had a conversation with them and found out what it was about? Yeah. Can you get that stick out of your ass for a minute? That's no fun. I mean, if, if there are any job seekers listening, I just yeah, just try and keep it a little under wraps. All right. I'm, can I come back to the book? Can I come back to the book real yeah, quick? Yeah, but this is all in the book because recruiter oh, behavior okay. is another reason that people get put off from working at your firm. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll look at your public profile, your LinkedIn profile, whatever, and then they will go and look at if, if they're interested and they're inquisitive. They yeah. will look at Facebooks and Instagrams and the like. So what are you sharing that, you know, shows that – you're ranting about politics or you bigoted or racist mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. There right. is a need to pull that under wraps. So I do talk about that because I, I, unfortunately we're being looked at. So you have some updated case studies in the book. Can you give us one that kind of st- stood out to you that is relevant uh, now more than it was back then? There's a study by end hyphen ghosting or end ghosting. Um, the 86% of people that don't hear back get de- down or depressed. And it was more fascinating to me when I saw this girl had posted on LinkedIn a spreadsheet and she put all of her applications and she'd written ghosted every time she hadn't heard back. Mm. And that shocked me because I thought ghosted was when you didn't hear back from an interview. And I was like, wow, okay. So for her, she was ghosted 36 times. Mm. And what, oh, actually she wasn't, she was ghosted 34. What was really interesting in my humble opinion was seeing where she had actually interviewed and she got an offer and it was like, gosh, the other 34 were a bit mad, but it was interesting the perception and that was one of the case studies I was quite well, case studies probably a stretch examples I was quite proud to put in there to just get people to wake up a little bit and they're like yeah actually I want to hear back from my application and as you guys know there are tools and technology out there you can use to let people know well and the job seekers learn ghosting from somewhere they learned it yeah. from us they learned it from yeah. the fucking employers just found out ghosting goes both ways <laughs> I'm, that just shows you how myopic recruiters That are. is not what I was saying. How self-centered <laughs> and egotistical. The reason recruiters. that candidates ghost <laughs> is because recruiters have ghosted. Full stop. End of story. I'm done. Anytime anyone has an argument with me on that, like, oh, how dare they? Well, what do you expect? For decades, we've been ghosting them. Okay. For all the people that are listening out yeah. there, they have plenty of books because everybody wrote a goddamn book during COVID. Uh, they have plenty of books to choose from why choose version two at edition two of the robot proof recruiter obviously the aforementioned where i donated the royalties and forward so <laughs> there's no risk but because it's a really gritty manual like some people say to me you're going to do an audio which i am but i'm like you need the book because you're going to write on this book there's a lot of books out there that are high level strategy this is not that book this is gritty you're going to open it and go oh my gosh i can go and do that right now i can go and change that right now it's going to make my recruitment better and the other thing is um there are now more than 74 contributors there must be like 90 i need to add it up lots of different <laughs> industry and community thought in this book because i didn't want people to go <laughs> and when did you last recruit collier because it has been a minute So I backed up all my thinking with real world examples from a real world recruiters that are sitting, you know, doing your job. Um, So it's, mm, it's rich. 
that's that's why I'm incredibly proud of it. I mean, for just so many reasons, and most of it is it's that community book. Katrina Collier, everybody. She's the there author of The Robot Proof Recruiter. Katrina, I know you got a lot going on. Can you funnel down one location that our listeners can find out more about you, buy the book, et cetera? At katrinacollier.com. Oh, there we go. Nice. It's a dot com, not a dot IO or anything. Precise That's awesome. Yeah. That's Katrina Collier, everybody. <laughs> Chad, it's been fun. I love Memory Lane. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.